Welcome to Walking the Talk. In 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Did you know that it breaks God's heart when you sin against Him? The Bible says that these are sins against God, your Creator, and that they separate you from Him and eternal life. You see, God, in His holiness, cannot dwell in the presence of sin. Because you are a sinner, because you have separated yourself from Him, you cannot go to heaven unless your sin is punished. But remember... God is a just God. That means he, that means for him to be fair, to exact justice that is um, appropriate to the sin, okay? He's a just God. You expect him to punish sin, don't you? He must, and he will. The only way punishment can be executed is that you spend an eternity separated from God in what we know as hell, being punished for your own sins or for you to put your faith or your trust in Jesus who offered himself as the sacrifice for your sins, taking on the punishment for you. You see, he loves you so very much. So much so, he is willing to take the punishment for you. Now, if you are not moved by that, you're not really appreciative of that or can't appreciate how significant that is, listen, it's a lot. And that's how much he wants to see you in heaven. That's how much mercy he has on you. Knowing that you can't save yourself. And if you will allow him to do this, you are promised eternal life. You see, God is faithful. And he's just to forgive sins. That means He's faithful to do it. That means he will do it, period. Whatever he says, that's what he'll do. And he's fair about it. He's faithful and just to forgive sins. Just in that justice was served. The penalty for sin was paid through Jesus, if you're a Christian. You see, and faithful in that he will accomplish exactly what he said he will do. In other words, he will save you from your sins. The Bible tells us exactly what God expects of us in accepting this offering for our sins. First of all, he says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, again, if we don't believe he is our Savior, he cannot accept our service to him. Do you believe he exists? 
Do you believe that he will reward those who seek after him? Are you seeking after him? Secondly, we need to be sorry for what we have done to him. Just as if someone had done something wrong toward you, maybe even offended you, you would expect a sincere apology for that offense, right? God tells us through the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 10, For godly sorrow worketh uh, repentance not to be... Let me read it again. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. You see, if we're not truly sorry for the grief we have caused him, then he tells us to repent of our sins. Paul said godly sorrow brings about repentance. And repentance means to make a change in your heart and your direction in life. You will no longer pursue the things of the flesh or the enticements of the world, but will pursue the things of God. Mark 2, 17, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. 2 Peter 3 and 9, again, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We also must be willing to confess our belief that Jesus is indeed the Son of God, and it's through him that our salvation is possible. Matthew 12, 34, Jesus said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. What we say matters. And a perfect example of this is found in what the uh, Ethiopian eunuch said just before he was saved. He said this, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if thou shalt confess, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then God says to be buried with Christ in baptism, so that you can have your sins washed away. Peter said on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter said that in order to receive remission of sins, we must repent and be baptized. Ananias told Saul on another occasion, referred to in Acts 22 and 16, he said, And now why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. You see, calling on the name of the Lord is our confession in Him as Lord. It is an acknowledgement of who we believe on. Acts 4 and verse 12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men 
by which we must be saved. In fact, Peter also wrote in 1 Peter 3 and 21, having referred to uh, Noah being saved in the flood, he said, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism doth also now save us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, this verse tells us very clearly that baptism is definitely involved in our salvation. And why people want to dispute that is beyond my imagination. The Bible is very clear. But it doesn't say that baptism saves us alone. In fact, it says it is our answer or response, if you will, to God's call with a good conscience and a good heart. And when it is done with the right heart, then God saves us from our sins. All of this begins in your heart. I know it is not the most popular thing today to talk about, I know you will receive criticism for choosing Jesus as your Savior and being buried with him in baptism. But what is at stake? What do you have to lose by accepting him as Lord? (laughs) Nothing. What do you have to gain by accepting him? Everything. Think about it and respond to him. Join me next time as we continue to walk the talk.